I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We're back to talk about the Spurs game. I've got some guests here with me today. I have Tomlin and Chris Young. Chris, you said something to me after the game when I seen you about Dick Turpin wearing a mask at least. Yeah, it would have been if they'd won, I think, if, if Buckley had turned mm. it up. Well, you've got to say Spurs completely dominated things. They didn't have loads of clear-cut chances, but a welcome sight to see Sunderland battle back and get a point that they probably ill-deserved. Yeah, it doesn't feel like dark days, Tom, just yet, does it? No, not at all, but it's a long time since I've seen the first five minutes of a game where a team's come at us like that. You very rarely see it in any Premiership game. You know, Maloney must have made like three or four point-blank saves within the first three or four minutes. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we did like fantastically well to get a point. Although I thought that, you know, the team that came on to finish the game, um, there was a few players who came on us, so we've got a claim for a starting spot now. Mm-hmm. I guess straight away, Gareth Barker, come to you, that the positives that jump you know the leap out of you again are refusing to lose three from four games now obviously we lost a QPR in the other games we've been in losing positions I think a lot of people are starting to sort of decide that we'd probably have zero points with last season's team do you think that's fair um, I think that's a common thing that people suggest in it um, possibly Seems to be true. Possi- Rings true, possibly though, at, this, at this stage of the season yeah that probably is the case I think they'll, they'll look at it and go you know the time you can see the, the times we've scored goals in games to to get us back into it the, to get the points in late on in the first game and, and the, on Saturday and then they'll be annoyed that they're conceding goals at stupid times right before our time and you know right after half time and right after kick off so you know it, it's frustrating that they they haven't been able to iron out those little things but yeah it was you know it, it was nice to see the the fact that they they stuck in and, and got themselves something from a game it sounds as though they got battered in so yeah encouraging Chris as well wasn't it Gareth just mentioned the, the, the time of the response there because t- Tom was saying how frantic the game was and they, you know they come out like a train Tottenham yeah, didn't they yeah. and the fact that you know when they scored a lot of people probably thought god this is going to be a long afternoon but the response straight from kick off you can't, you can't ask for anything more no you, you can't do it and I think even going to the to the second equaliser I think in the 10-15 minutes prior to that Sunderland were looking really leggy they'd been chasing Tottenham's midfield around all afternoon and understandably that taking its toll but they kicked on again a couple of as Tom says the couple of subs helped um, but they battled back and got that equaliser yeah well as I say the game was frantic and I, I was wondering in the first half if Spurs could keep up that intensity and it's something that the manager thought as well is Gus I, th- I think it was it was the weather and it was the intensity of the first half an hour it, it, it was interesting what you say because I told the players at half time I don't think Spurs is going to be able to keep that intensity. I didn't say nothing about us, of course, no? but <laughs> the idea was to make sure that they knew that the more the game was going on and, and it was an option, it would, it would be spaces to go and, and try to attack and, and that would happen at the Substitute significant in that respect, Chris, um, because as Gus said, as I, as I wondered whether Tottenham could keep that intensity up, as you just said yourself there, 
Sunderland players were also leggy because of all the chasing about so it was good that you could bring players fresh off the bench to make an impact we've said it before yeah I, th- I think I think the the key difference is as well you can pick players for, off the bench now for, for certain situations last year I mean if you look at the vast number of substitutions it was Craig Garner to run around a lot and have a pot shot from distance or it was bring on an extra striker and that was pretty much the limit wasn't it unless Jacarini was amongst the substitutes this year you can you can be far more selective um Sunderland didn't need another striker bringing on on Saturday they needed some control in the middle of the park um and, that, and that's why Gomez and Jacarini were both brought on uh and and those were the two who really gave Sunderland some control for the first time in the game I was kind of pleased with myself because uh, five minutes before I made that change, that was a change I said I thought he should have made, Tom. But how encouraged are you? Like Chris, like Chris said, there. I mean, we don't want to start slagging off all the players and, and the like. But you know, when you have players who can come on and, and just bring some control back into the game, as a fan, it's it's great, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we you know that we, we didn't sign probably as many players as some people might have liked in the transfer window, but I definitely think in most areas of the team we've got sort of quality rather than quantity. I think it's only the the striking positions where we're we're leaving ourselves a little bit thin, particularly if something happens to to Wigan with you know Fletcher um, being out of form and Altie Dodd, you know, in all truth, still to prove himself and you know start scoring a few goals. But I think um, Buckley and uh, Jacarini both had claims to to start um, the last couple of games. I thought Buckley played really well against Man United, and then he got dropped for QPR. Um, Jacarini came on against QPR and, and, and did quite well and then he obviously he's played twice in Italy's starting lineup. Um and when he came on, on on Saturday he made a difference straight away. I also think Jordi Gomez is is a Poirier type of player, you know, sort of intelligent um sort of midfielder who can who can move the ball around. So I think all three of them have, have, have got claims. Um and like we touched on before the programme started, there's there's this situation with Rodwell who obviously is an excellent player um, and the only way he's going to get better and get match fit after he spell at Man City is by playing every week. But conversely, there's also the argument: is he justifying his place? And that's a delicate situation for Poyet to address over the next couple of weeks. Certainly is. We'll come to some of them points now because Tom's trying to condense the whole uh, agenda in about thirty seconds now. <laughs> but um, Gareth, there was, there was a case, wasn't there? Certainly for Jack Arena and Buckley to start. Buckley again showed, you know, because quite often somebody make a debut look positive. He's came on again. He's looked good again. And it's competition for places, I guess, but both those players are going to be chopping at a bit of start. Yeah, definitely. You feel as though, I don't know, that maybe Buckley maybe have more of a chance of starting again than Jack Arini because he seems really? to like using Jack Arini. He's mentioned Jack Arini all week, though. We, we were sort of yeah. thinking he was leaning the wall. I, I was surprised he didn't start. Yeah, I thought he'd just start ahead of Alvarez. Yeah. I was surprised. But he's going to want to get Alvarez involved probably as soon as he possibly can, isn't he? But, yeah, Jack Arini's, you know... One of those, like you were saying last week, Gus, about him, he's almost like a new player, that cliche, but he has been quite exciting to see and he looks as though he could be the player we'd hoped he'd be this season, um, like he wasn't last season. Which so. makes him all surprised, though, doesn't it? Because, I mean, you must have seen something in training, Chris, where he's thought Alvarez, right, OK, I'm going to put this guy straight in. Yeah. Because we, we talk about Jaggerini needing time to settle in and then he throws somebody else straight into it. Yeah, I think I think they'd done all the fitness tests on Alvarez uh, at the start of last week and it showed that he was about the, one of the fittest players in the squad. So I think that was a pleasant surprise for them, so which perhaps was one reason for throwing him straight into the fold, I suppose. But he would have been a bit of an unknown quantity for Spurs too. I think the big question mark over Jacarini is where you play him. Do you play him centrally or do you play him wide? 
I don't think I don't think there's a, an easy answer for either of them really. I think if you play him in the middle of the park, you you got like this fear that he's going to get out muscled, which he did to be fair quite which, a lot. Which he, yeah. he, he, he does do, yeah. And if you play him out wide, he's not he's not really got the pace to get beyond fullbacks. But then if you can tuck him in from that left hand side, you get Van Anhol overlapping down the left, who has got the pace. I think I think the best position we've seen him I think was probably under Kevin Ball for those few yeah. games where yeah. he's in the number ten role. Definitely, but. Will Gus play like that? I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think he likes this system that he plays at the moment. I think uh, like, diamond on the yeah. horizon for anybody. <laughs> that's a, it's the new trendy one, the diamond. That's yeah. that's coming in. But can you fit can you fit Adam Johnson into a diamond? Though that's oh, the question. I don't know. Mm. But probably I th- he'd probably have to compete for that number ten. Yeah, he? it would be. But I think um, you know, with with Jack Rooney, like you see, he doesn't really he hasn't got blistering pace to get past people. But what he is quite good at is taking up good positions of space to receive the ball on a break yeah. so maybe that's why he's useful as a substitute because he gets into these little yeah. gaps yeah. even in deeper areas and then he can carry the ball really well yeah. over a distance and then you know we, we look quite dangerous if you if you look at some of the goals we've scored the last well back end of last season and the start of this one he's been involved where he's carrying the ball from from deep areas on the break so yeah, Wickham think, second at Man, Man City, City and the um, goal at Birmingham where he passed it on for Wickham yeah. as well and then uh, the the well, the chance at the at the weekend uh, that he created for Buckley was sort of similar, didn't he? Didn't yeah. he put uh, Van Aanholt in for yes. that one? Yes. So, I think uh, he came on with a specific role on Saturday. I think he'd been told to like just attack their back four because basically they had a comfortable afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, he, Wickham was a bit like in and out with Kabul. I think he could have bullied Kabul a lot more. Um, and I think when Jacarini came on, you know, it was the first time during the match that their back four, the, the middle two in particular, had like a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's an argument to say, you know, Alvarez could play in that. There's a forward most three in the middle, and then Jackarini wide. I guess that's a, if you want to accommodate them both, that might be the the best way to do it. I don't know. Well, after the match, Gus was asked about his decision to throw Alvarez straight into the side. This is what he said: "He got kick a few times, he got a couple of knocks. He tried his best." Uh, Probably, and I need to be honest, not the best game for him to start in England. You know, you would like another game a little bit more calm, more controlled. Even the one against Man United was totally different, was a little bit more calm. Today was was incredible. I mean, the pace, the breaks, the runnings, the options, the chances, the, the opportunity, the quality as well. There was a couple of shots that were really different quality. And another day, you know, Lamela scored in the crossbar and the game is over. And today, it went just an inch over the, the possibility of going in and give us a chance to come back in the game. It was apparent early on, Chris, that Alvarez wasn't getting the grips with the defensive side of his game. Danny Rose in particular was seeing a lot of joy, wasn't he? Yeah, Rose, Rose was Spurs' outlet ball, wasn't he, in the first 20-25 minutes. Uh, they, ju- they, they just kept looking for him all day all day because they knew they were getting a two-on-one against Virginia. Um, I think that's probably why he swapped Alvarez and Johnson's yeah. flanks midway through the half. That's something else I call them for myself because I never get anything right, and the, the substitution and the fact I said I said to Michael who was sitting next to it before says he's going he's going to change Johnson yeah. and Alvarez over he's got to here. But I think I think I think he's not got a reputation as as I was saying earlier he's not got a reputation in Italy for being lazy or anything like that. So I think it's just learning that side of the game. It, you don't really get that in Syria because because the pace of the game is so much slower. Mm. Yeah, it, did, it didn't seem like a lazy issue, Tom. Did it? It seemed like just no. you know, game awareness. No, I mean to be honest, the, the game on Saturday reminded me very much of uh, the Southampton game last season in January. You know, yeah, it took us like yeah. twenty minutes, half an hour to even get anywhere near the pace of the opposition. Um, so yeah, manager, for, for, of course. Fortunately, we're yeah, fortunately yeah. we're still in the, you know, we we're still in the game. I think. Uh, 
Spurs, the, the type of football they play is what Poirier wants to play when he's got as many players with you know similar ability and pace in particular, you know, because the the speed of the of the breaks from the back all the way th- you know down the pitch was just uh, incredible, and that, that that's one of the things where people like Buckley, I remember. Um, Poyer said a couple of weeks ago. He says he says the best thing about Buckley is he can take you down the pitch in seconds, um, and I think that, that that was something we lacked in the early stages of the match. You know, we were just getting totally overrun. I think yeah. I think as well you got to for all we analysing Sunderland, you got to give Spurs a lot of credit yeah, for absolutely. how well they er- played. Ericsson too. They were super. Yeah. I mean, er- Ericsson was super. Ericsson and Lamella and everything went through Dembele as well. So. Mm. Yeah, they were. You've got to give them credit. Lee Catamol as well, Gareth. I mean, we've been singing his prayers. They still thought he'd done okay, but he got he got pulled out of position a lot. Um, possibly down to just being overrun in the midfield. I'm not sort of blaming him for it, but it was noticeable. Well, I was at a wedding, so. Well, you're not meant to say <laughs> that. Just go with it. Oh yeah, I'm not going to pass comment on <laughs> whether or not. I forgot when I asked you the question. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. I should have asked somebody else. But yeah, go from on. what I from what I heard. Um, Rodwell and, and research and, and research. And well, I have I have watched um, the two available uh, outlets that I use on Sky and BBC to watch the highlights. So I've seen the extended highlights, but you, you know what it's like when you're watching that you can't yeah, really pick you can't. that sort okay, of thing. Okay, I'll ask you. Callum always pulled out of position a lot more than he has been recently. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he was, but to say it was just the, the, the game started. I think he, I think all the Southern players were, were taken aback by the speed at yeah. which, which Spurs started, and, and, and certainly the crowd were. Um, say it's a long time since I've seen a team start start so quickly. Um, you know, normally it takes five ten minutes from the, to warm up. And I think Catamol probably needed more support around him. I thought um, you know Larson struggled a little bit pace wise, and uh, you know Rodwell is is still trying to find the, the you know the, the the pace of games in general terms. Um, so uh, yeah, it wasn't one of Catamol's better games, but I, th- I thought again towards the end when the substitutions were made, Catamol looked look, looked a lot better when he was when the support around him was better. Yeah, Rodwell's getting to that sort of stage now, Chris, and that, that game mark where people have said he'll he'll start to show more dominance in games, and it's one of those you don't want to get in his back. But how patient can you be? It's kind of like the stage now where you think, you know, are we going to get a little bit more? It's tough, isn't it? Because he, he he rides with this huge price tag. He rides with a big reputation. He, he's obviously been. Along with Barini, the two key players that that Poyet was looking to bring in this summer, but he's had a long time out, hasn't he? He's gone eleven months without starting a Premier League game, um, so it's going to take him half a dozen minimum. But I, I, tend, I see, I see where I yeah. see where everyone's going but with it. But there is, it is unforgiving the Premier League. You've got yeah. to, you've got to try and hit the ground running. And it's another reason why I thought he might have refrained from playing Alvarez because we've still got a, another yeah. player in there who's who's trying to adapt to his. his I think that's a fair. System. I think that's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. And, but I think defensively, Tom. I mean, you know, to give him some credit, he's a big lad, a big presence in there. And I think you know we used the the phrase last season, you know, slice through like butter a lot. When our midfield is mm. quite lightweight and teams were going straight through us, yeah. Adam Johnson made the point at the end of the game that you know they weren't carving us open as such, even though they were moving the ball a bit very quickly. And I, Rodwell, there was a couple of times he, he put important tackles in. I thought so. He, he was sort of relevant in in the defensive aspect. Oh yeah, I think you can definitely say that he's you know he he's got this potential that um, everybody raves about. I mean it was interesting reading a couple of weeks ago that the uh the Everton scout who sort of discovered him and and had a lot to do with him um said that he, he thinks ultimately his best position is as a center back. Um but obviously that's not really a concern for us at the moment because he's being no. bought as a We want the box the box not the yeah, <laughs> not the defender. He's a, a midfield player but uh I, I I think you've got to give him a little bit of time, um, maybe another two or three games, and if he hasn't done it by then, then 
you've got to think about the, you know for the benefit of the of the team really mm -hmm. when they you know results are. are well, like I mean, like I say, we'll give, I guess you know who does he bring in because we we're mm. at the risk of going lightweight again. Then yeah. I think you can afford to do it when you're chasing again. I think there's question marks over you know quite quite a few players playing week in week out and other players who haven't been playing you know regularly so far coming into the fold. I think uh, it's going to take Poyer you know probably another month before he's, he's he gets basically the midfield that's. That, that suits the type of football he wants to play. I think, I think that, at the that, start. Sorry, go, go I was on. just saying. I think that is a bit of a danger that with the options that he's got now, where it's it's a stick. He's like, I want to keep the, the same solid side, mm -hmm. and and give it a chance to work. And then if that doesn't work, then yeah. if he starts, well, I'm going to have to you know chuck those yeah. two into it. Those two out. That doesn't work. The next does that he stick with that? Does he does he start just like a, a little bit when he went three five two the back end of last season? He was trying something different because he wasn't getting anything out of what he had. He yeah. was trying to do the best he could with what he had. Now he's got more to work with this time, mm. but it's almost that you know you like need you points say, on board before you, you start messing about. Before you start messing about, but if that becomes like you say a desperation, uh, try and get some points to make sort of changes that he doesn't want to but feels he has to to try and get something then I guess that could be a little bit of a hindrance with the options that he's got His thinking at the start of the season was very much try and keep the same team shape and same sort of team intact from the end of last season and I think he did that as much as possible um, obviously Van Anhalt came in for Alonso and Rodwell for Colback but other than the Barini position which hasn't been addressed yet I think you look you look at that team at the start of the season it was six or seven of those who'd, who'd finished at the end of last season and he wanted to give that team a, a chance to bed in he thought that was the best chance of getting points on the board early on and Do you think he's going to stick with this midfield three the way it is there? Would you say Larson's at the, at the sort of most risk? I, th I, th I think the interesting thing is if, you, if you're going to stick Alvarez out wide or Jacarini out wide I think you probably need someone else in the middle of the park who, with a bit more creativity because neither Alvarez or Jacarini are lightning quick um, so, so maybe they do need someone else in there to bridge the bridge the gap with the front one or three. However, you uh, I mean, view it. Maybe, maybe, you know, if you took if you take Larson out and 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 put Rodwell slightly deeper and have someone like Alvarez or Jack Rainey play in front of them, you're giving Rodwell more responsibility. You, you know, he's in that position. He's going to see probably more of the ball than he yeah. is at the moment. Yeah. He's a bit rocking the hard place. Sometimes he gets like a bit piggy in the middle. You know, stuck stuck between. You know the lines and the balls go passing them by, and it, maybe he'll be on the ball more in a deeper position. Well, Michael Proctor keeps making the point now. You know how Catamol keeps coming to receive the ball. He still doesn't think he looks comfortable with that, and he can't get his head around why somebody like Rodwell doesn't do that, and then the players can change positions. Not Rodwell player there, but it's just the players can easily change positions. You know, once they're mm. in the the ascendancy or they're starting to attack, I think. Possibly, because that, that that you know two birds one stone. Maybe then mm. you you take and cut them all. Who doesn't always look comfortable doing that off the ball, and then you're getting Rodwell on the ball. I think give it, him a chance to get into the I game. I think it, it, I think way you look to change the team again maybe is at home to Tottenham. Maybe you'd want Larson in there um, and not play Alvarez in the three yeah. or someone like that. And then away, maybe at Burnley away from home this weekend. They might be looking to yester away from home, but it's a game where they'll be looking for three points definitely. So maybe that's one where he might risk taking Larson out and putting someone more attacking in that, in that middle area, um, just to give him that option. I don't know. I just wonder whether they might put Gomez in in that midfield mm. area because because yeah. he, he's got that left foot and he hasn't really got that since Colback's gone out. He hasn't got that left foot central midfielder and Gomez mm. provides that. 
And it yeah. helps link up, doesn't it? Yeah, if you do that. yeah. I think he's particularly if you've got a right footer on the left <coughs> on yeah. the left flank. Yeah, he's a little cameo so far. He's looked he, Gomez has looked good, and as I say, I think he's a, a poor type of player. Um, I thought at times on Saturday the midfield looked, looked, actually looked a little bit crowded, as though they weren't entirely sure what you know what what the role was. I don't, whether it was that, I or think that's just, just dispersed players pulling them all over. Yeah, the players, yeah. they yeah. looked like they were caught between whether they didn't know whether to sit back or go forward yeah. and support Wickham. Yeah, just caught in two minds and did neither. Yeah, even. yeah. Because I think that's still where you know that that's our weakest area of play when we hit that last third of the of the pitch. He was just so Wickham was like so yeah. isolated. Mm. Um, and you know the, just the lack of pace and the, and, the, and the the one player being asked to cover so much ground. And that was noticeable as well, wasn't it? Because we started, a, I wouldn't say a direct, but we started to use Wickham as an outball a lot more than we have done previously. Mm, yeah. To be fair, he took a lot of pressure off the midfield at that time, and he, he yeah. put in a really good performance, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. I think overall with this midfield scenario, because I think you know the defence and, and the striking positions basically there's, there's there's not a lot of competition really in most areas. They're more or less picking themselves, but. Uh, I, th- I think with the midfield areas, the way we've played this season so far, it, it, it's great that we've stuck in and got the points, but we've never been outstanding. We've played really well in patches, I thought, against Man United. So I think it, 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 Poyer has still got the excuse to, mm. if he wants to drop people, drop them. I was going to say, is, and, it, is, and, any, and, is anybody worried? We're being too positive by saying, you know, we're, we're managing to rescue a point from the jaws of the feet and the light, but are people hoping for more people worried? I, I thought the, the QPR game uh, disappointed me because it was another one of these situations where QPR hadn't won. Um, they were being criticised, and then we turned up and the we didn't totally lose those games. The beat us one nil, yeah. and I thought we you know we didn't play badly, and we could have probably a draw would have been the fairest result. But I, I still thought we were a bit flat, um, and I think Burnley on Saturday is going to be very interesting from that point of view because if you can beat Burnley, you've got a couple of games that are winnable after that. But we, we, we need to start. Beating teams without being arrogant about it—that we, you know, we're almost expecting to beat. That we need to beat. And we never do. <laughs> we and, never and do. often don't. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, that's what Sunderland do, don't they? Go yeah. away from home to a newly promoted team yeah. and lose every yeah. season. It's I mean, just the, like the last time we played Burnley down there, we got beat one 0 yeah. You know, um, three wasn't that three. Didn't get stuffed or something off them down three there. Three one, I think. Was three it? one, yeah. I think Nugent scored and Anton Ferdinand gave away a ridiculous penalty mm. after about five minutes. That doesn't sound like Anton. Mm. Um, but <laughs> Connor Wickham, Chris, um, I just mentioned there. He's, I think, possibly, you know, he's he's lacking his final decision making. Doesn't quite know when to shoot. Sometimes rushes his shot. Doesn't see the final pass. You're not suddenly expecting him to know that because he would be, you know, he would be a significant player for you if if all that sort of clicked into place. But we're hoping that. He's going the right way about it. Still, it's only 21, yeah, and this exactly. is the thing that you forget about him because he's been around so long. Um, I think that the big, the good thing about Wickham is he starts to learn how to use his, his physique, and he, he unsettles defenders because of it. Uh, even when he, I mean, he didn't really, he had no service really on Saturday at all. But he, he was awkward for the Spurs centre half to mark whenever the ball went in or around him, um, and that's not, you don't always get that with a Fletcher. Um, so if something can give him a bit more. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Davis, you've got to play him in that central role at the moment. He's got to be the first choice at the moment. Yeah, well, Gus was asked about Connor's performance after the game. Yeah, it was the most difficult one so far, yes. Yeah, I needed to play Connor in the middle. I think Connor was exceptional today. It was very, very good in everything he done apart from not getting that goal. But uh, he hold the ball well. He was strong. He dribbled. He, he went in behind. He went short. It was really a class act from 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 Connor. Look, I want to tell you that why he played and that why he's there. Not because of me, because of him. So it's great to him. Okay, just echoing what we said there. We mentioned that he 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 had the ball, held the ball up very well. Needs to improve on his decision making. Um, there isn't quite the link-up player there yet, Chris. As Adam Johnson was saying after the game about Adebayo for Spurs, how it was hard to play against because he was holding the ball up and he had all these Tottenham players, attacking players, buzzing around him. We don't quite have that. Now, that could be just because of the standard of the opposition um, and it also just hasn't quite clicked. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's probably the latter. I just don't think it has clicked in with that front three yet. And it, and it's, it, go, it all goes back to finding a replacement for Barini, doesn't it? Um, everyone's sick of talking about him, but that's the thing. There, there isn't a, a like-for-like like replacement for Barini in the squad at the moment, and it's adapting Sunderland's attacking play to do without that. Mm, I mean, Tom, you were sort of, I'm not going to say critical, but you, 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 you posed the question before, why didn't we have a sort of um, a plan B for Barini in place? But I guess it's it's... It's one of those, you know, it shows why I want him because he fit the system so well. And Alvarez is a player who came in. Gus was clear by saying, you know, that there weren't like like for like players. However, you know, it isn't easy to go and find somebody who just slots straight in. No, I, I, I just think, um, you know, we spent so much time chasing Barini. It would have just been nice to think there was some sort of a plan B there. But I, I suppose, you know. Gus was prepared to like take it down to you know the the very last minute to see whether there was any chance of of getting him or not. I think Barini um, himself, in, in in the ideal world that doesn't exist, would probably prefer to play in a central striking role. You know, which if he had been at the club with the midfield players we've got now, that you know certain games that might have been an option to play him as a as a striker. Um, but I think obviously the way Wickham finished last season, he, you know, he deserves his place in the side. I just hope that you know within the next couple of games he can maybe get himself a goal and get his get his confidence up. I think he did really well on uh, on Saturday generally, but his decision making a couple of times, particularly there was one incident going through just towards the North Stand, just, just yeah. that little final pass, you know, when he he should have given it away. But it's it's a very lonely role. It's a you know, any anybody who's played that role at any level of football knows it. You know, it's a job against the world. Really, I thought he did really well overall. Yeah, and importantly, Gareth, because one thing we've criticised Conor for in the past. Is that you know he he didn't put the work in he, you know he was losing the ball easily for somebody as big as he is and you know that's changed hasn't it it's credit to him mm, definitely it's clicked hasn't it finally and you know hopefully yeah I think he's done all right when he's played from the left out of position this season um, he's done a lot of good work on the ball like holding it taking the pressure off he's got his chance through the middle um, so hopefully you know he keeps it up and we'll start to see maybe. A couple of games against teams who are around us or will be around us, like Burnley and who have we got Swansea, who've actually started quite well. Yeah, um, Stoke. Stoke. So those are three games. You know, we'd hope we'd we'd have 
more opportunities to get the best out of him. Um, Probably draw them all. You know, yeah. If, I mean, if he played <laughs> through the middle against um, West Brom and, and, and QBR, although I thought Fletcher actually did all right at QBR, um, he was getting a lot of stick, but I thought that was his best game of the season for us. Um, yeah, th- maybe it would have been a bit different, but yeah. I guess it goes back to filling that role on the left that we we yeah. we didn't we didn't do in the summer when yeah. we did. Some of the coaches to decide, but like somewhere along the line, they've they've, they've they've got to have something in place to give him more support more regularly because yeah. he was very isolated a lot of the time on Saturday. Was that not just because Spurs put so I much pressure on? There's that. an element. Yeah, there is. Isn't there? there is an element of that, but I think I think we've seen that in in several of the games, though, haven't we? Where it, that front three, the the connection between them is it. Not quite clicked so far as it did at the end of last season. It's funny, isn't it, because you go back over the years and you know we've all, we've always had these you know these mouth rotten sort of situations. Or you know we're going to have Fletcher and Sessegnon and Johnson and and McLean and that was going to be brilliant. And then that never happened. And then you know even last year and it, it, it clicked towards the end. But and then Barini came kind of came into it eventually, sort of midway through the season. But I wouldn't ever I wouldn't say that front three was last season was devastating. And then you know, you could go back to the selection problem that they had when they had Bench, Jan and, and Welbeck and they couldn't really seem to get them all playing together even though you wanted to, so... It's you the got, life of a Sunderland fan. Yeah, you've so. got these options and you think... Boring if, and be, if they're all yeah, these were sold, though, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Loads of players, you don't know... Don't, where's Alvarez? Yeah. It's yeah. a hope, it's yeah. a hope. It's like where's a, like a carrot dangling, isn't it? You think, oh, this is yeah. going to click in a place. No one knows where to play Jaggerini. No one knows where to play Sessegnon. No one knows where to play any of these players that we've got, so... Yeah, it's easy, isn't it? Football, apparently. I mean, what I, what I like is that every single season, you always say, there's going to be one game where this clicks and somebody's going to come up here and get a good <laughs> iron. And how often is that? When was the last time that happened? Cardiff, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. possibly Cardiff. That's like the Fletcher situation. You know, at the end of the day, it cost £12 million. And uh, when he first came, he looked decent. He held the ball up well. He, you know, he sprayed it around quite well. But he's just, because of his injuries and, you know, different situations, the fact we've struggled as a, as a, as a club and as a team, I think his confidence has just shot to bits, you know. I mean, he came on for Scotland there against um, Germany. He looked, you know, he, he looked, he looked right. decent yeah, when right. he came on. Um, so, you know, the, I think there's still a role for him there, particularly in the current situation. We haven't got a lot to choose from, to be honest. But uh, pre-season, people were saying, you know, he'd had a good, he'd had a good season, close season, fitness-wise, and he hadn't been, you know, going away too much on holiday and getting himself right. But he's looked very sluggish so mm, far. I think he, he just needs to go. Yeah. Just desperately, desperately needs to go. The, yeah. That's the thing, though. The way we play. He needs to probably to get one. He's going to have to work a little yeah. bit harder yeah. to cr- in the in the yeah. phases of play up to the chance he's going to get. That's yeah. going to get him that goal because the way we play doesn't suit what he wants. No, and I, can, can I think when, when, when you look at when he scored the goals, he had Sassignon just yeah. in behind him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I mean that, it's 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 really. I mean, I've you know I've always been a, quite a big fan of Fletcher, but he sort of you know his injury problems on last season it's maybe a bit harsh to judge him but he just like you say sluggish I think's the word and a little bit you know I just like to see him make the centre backs when you're playing up front on your own I think you just got to work the centre backs a bit better and I just don't think he does that Are you asking know? a player to change his game though is it, you know but the thing I mean? is but if it fits if it doesn't fit then I mean that it was a big decision to drop him completely and it says something that you know I, I was I was, I was trying to think what what situation if you didn't have Fletcher in the starting 11 what situation under Poyet would you be in where you'd think to change the game I'm going to bring on Fletcher well, you have to and go two up front either two up front mm, yeah. which I can't really see happening because he doesn't seem one who's going to just chuck forwards on um, either a replacement for the injured Wickham which and then a and that, one, but really. the but logical game well, changer say, but I mean, he hasn't is, been is, starting at all no, over Fletcher but I'm so. saying the logical game changer 
between the two is out the door because yeah. you're not going to get defenders more. You're mm. not going to get anything different from Fletcher bringing him on, and that I think that's the thing. It's like how how do you utilize him if you don't start mm. him? And I don't I haven't like you know Fletcher's got a lot of stick start this season, and you know some of it's a bit harsh, but it is a bit of a seems to just that whole thing just seems to have petered out after he had such a brilliant start and mm. you know variety of reasons. It's a bit of a shame. Okay, we're going to move away from the midfield and attack now. Get on to the back four. Here's what Gus said. Well, because they are playing together. Uh, Billy's pushing hard to get in. He's really pushing hard this week. He was probably one of the best in training. But, you know, I need consistency. And for that, you need to keep the same player for a while. Now, when they come in the games fast and, and quick, one behind the other, then I'm sure Billy's going to have the chance to prove if he decides to play. Interesting, Tom, that... Um Gus was asked about his his back four looking looking cohesive and uh, and as one as a solid unit, and he decided to bring Billy Jones in the equation. Do you think there's anything in that? Um, potentially, I thought the genie struggled at times on Saturday. I think he's done well. You know, he did really well for us again towards the end of last season. Bit when we were first goal, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was he, he was badly out of position when the ball came over for the second goal as well. Um, and obviously, the, the you know Spurs had two or three players with very very quick feet who were playing in his area, um, and you know he, he struggled. He was struggling at times, but he's he's got this very confident attitude about himself. Um, but at the end of the day, he is like a calm know, influence when he has a ball. Yeah, he's, he's 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 done well overall. I thought he struggled a bit on Saturday, but I think he's you know he, at the end of the day he's a, he's a centre half. Um, we've been through this scenario over the last few years with players playing out of position. Um, I'm not saying he can't play. Mm. He's looked better right, right back than centre half for me. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's pl- really played enough games in a confident team at centre half. But I, I, I know where you're coming from. I remember at Arsenal away, particularly last season, he you know <coughs> struggled very badly. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think probably in the long term, maybe Jones will come in at right back. I mean, that's what he was. He was signed to be. But obviously, in overall terms, Virginie's hasn't done badly at right back so he's probably just going to leave him in till maybe he's got an excuse <laughs> to, to bring Jones in you know people might question what I said there about him being a calm influence Chris because I, I, at times he does he does look like sometimes he doesn't, he's not sure what to do with the ball when he has it but he, he doesn't panic is what I mean he does have a touch he, of the nosworthy about yeah, him doesn't he yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you think could you say Billy Jones do you think he's, I mean I'm just, I'm just intrigued why Gus sort of brought that up because he wasn't asked directly about it well probably to keep Virginia on his toes I suppose is one thing I thought I thought Saturday was his poorest game since he's come back, um, but then he he was left isolated a lot of the time by Alvar uh, by Alvarez. The thing about Jones is he, he's a, he's a better better going forward, isn't he? Um, and when you're only playing one striker, you need that little bit extra yeah. from your fullbacks to provide something. As, as Van Aanholt has shown very well going forwards. I mean, he's made a few defensive mistakes, but going forwards he's looked excellent. So I think in the long run, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Jones gets the nod. Um, because he does offer that extra dimension going could, forward. Just one of those little tweaks that we're talking about that could, that could help the team click, though, couldn't it? Something like a fullback, yeah. a change in fullback. It's, it's all about landing upon that right formula, yeah. isn't it? Particularly in these early days, days of the season. Mm-hmm. We're happy with Van Arnold, Tom, on the other side. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah, I think, I think his I, development's I, come along very. Yeah, nicely. I think people, you know, a lot of people have picked up very quickly on on the you know the the sort of mistakes he he, he has made. But I think that's, I think it's a bit unfair. He's just a young lad. He's come coming to a new team. Um, and he's, he is excellent going forward, and, and, and to be honest, in you know modern day football, basically like the wingers who can defend, he just needs to be able to defend like a yeah. little bit better. But I, I also think he needs somebody 
in front of him who's playing in front of him like every week so they can get a bit of a relationship going as well. I think he's being left a bit exposed, you know, because we've we've chopped and changed who's who's sort of like playing in front of him. I think yeah. one and a half million as well. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. really good the business. Age, the yeah. age he's at as well. Yeah. It'll yeah. it'll take time, won't it? Yeah. That's the thing you it's we've got to be careful, like you're not not too impatient and you know, the a win takes that pressure off, doesn't it? But yeah. it is that sort of these people start when you don't win. People start to question, you know, certain certain people. And the, I mean, the pace. It, it is the pace. I mean, I watched a bit of the Fiorentina. Genoa was on um, on the television yesterday, and Alonso was playing. So I stuck that on, and it was like a pre-season friendly. Like the the pace of the game. Um, and then you look at the like. I mean, he came in and did all right. He, he had a bit of a wobble. You know, Van Anholt's been chucked in. He's barely played a game. He's been in in England. He's been playing out in Holland, um, which is probably a bit quicker than the Italian game. But yeah, you don't he's do a got, lot of defending there. You've got to, exactly. You've got to. You've got to give him time to 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 learn. And he has, like you said, I think his development in four games. I think he's one of the learn, fans of the season. The learning also. curve. The learning. That's that's a bit of a. That's quite a. Statement. No, you've put well, your neck, neck on the line do, there. Find of the I season. Do. I really do. I, I think you know. I think by the time you know if he keeps this sort of upwards trajectory going, um, I know it's only a few games in, but I just I think I think, I think we've got equally be, equally as good as Alonso as yeah, season. I, I think we've got to be pa- you know just not just patient with Van Aanholt. I think we've got to be patient with this whole situation. You know, Poirier is the first manager, you know, for a while who's had a proper game plan and who, who seems to know exactly what he wants to do. It's and keeping your nerves though still, when you're yeah. not winning, Tom, isn't it? That's a yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. But we've got to you know it's this is his first full season in. in in charge in effect because like last season he came in when we had what was it one point from eight games yeah. or something and he was he was fighting fires for the whole season I mean after the League Cup final you know it looked as though the the position um, wasn't going to be able to be salvaged you know and that, that bad run and then obviously we came good so close season with the transfers you know with the signings um, as I say, it's re- really just the striking positions where I, th- I think we should have done more could have done more um, but generally, I think we've got a better quality of player, and I think everybody's got to be patient with the manager, with the new players. You know, let let let's see what sort of team he comes up with when it all settles down, when he finds out exactly who he wants in and who should be playing where. It's never going to be explosive this season anyway, either. No, I don't think no. was it. It's, it's all a case no. of steady progression. Yeah, exactly. It looks steady. That's what it's been steady. I mean, yeah. it's been. It's a shame that they haven't picked up, you know, mm-hmm. a positive result, like a more positive result, a win in the league, mm-hmm. but. You know, generally it's been all right. Um, it might be steady and dull for the whole season, but I think that's probably progress. Yeah, well, yeah, it would be certainly progress. Like last points season. against Man United and Spurs, who we didn't get points yeah. against. Yeah. It's, it's only the QPR game so far that's been disappointing. We've, you know, we've, say we've got this chance on Saturday if we can, if we can beat Burnley, and you've got like a, a sequence of, of winnable games mm. again. You know, before the the rough stuff. If you got comes set, in again, if you got, I mean, if they got through the next round of the cup and you know got six points from those two ga- those three league games coming mm-hmm. up then yeah. I'm sure he'd be absolutely delighted with the start yeah. of the season yeah. but it's all you run out of games to to make it a good start of the season if you don't yeah. win them don't you that's the thing and that's mm-hmm. when I remember O'Neill then when his first full season in charge we had that run about seven or eight games at the start of the season where didn't we draw six or seven the first know, five I think yeah and it was yeah. really really awful like yeah. dour football and, yeah, and this isn't that never really quite recovered Mm. Yeah, this is a bit. This is 
you know, it's got a different vibe about it. You can it. tell with the atmosphere in the stadium, yeah. I think. They could, I mean, they could have won it as well. There was Buckley's chance at the end, and yeah. I mean, it w- obviously that would have been an absolutely massive robbery, but, you know, I wouldn't, couldn't Who care cares? less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> couldn't care less. And, so. that's it. and you're enjoying going to the games again, Tom, aren't you? When you're having your pint before the game and oh, so you're actually yeah, enjoying I'm, going. Yeah, yeah particularly, um, you know, now he's sort of starting afresh, as you might say, and, and brought some decent players in. I think it's quite intriguing, actually, to see what... What happens because you know, as I say, some of these players who've been on the bench and you know the three who came on on Saturday, have got justifiable claims to start starting games, and then you've got you know what will happen with Alvarez, will Rodwell come good? It's it's it's, it's a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. Just January, the priority's got to be a, you know I know everybody's looking for them, but a, a decent striker to come in and give us a bit more up front. I think Rodwell like will def will definitely get there. Like mm-hmm. I think he's proven quality player, isn't he? And yeah. for me, I don't think there's any any doubt that he'll. Eventually, it'll, it'll I work. Think, I think him. the question is just when. When, yeah. 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 It's not exactly, enough. but he's here. F- he's here for five years. I mean, yeah, people yeah. always get frustrated about yeah. in loan deals and people leaving after a year, eighteen months or whatever. He's signed a five-year deal, so mm. you know, you might it might be tough at the start, but if he comes, if he's as good as he he can be, then what a player we've got for five year, four or five years potentially. Absolutely. I think Graham Anderson made the point last week, didn't he? Saying you look at this team and you you think it's only going to get better. Yeah, yeah. But we need a win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. We uh, question of the week. We brought that back finally this week. Yeah. So uh, I got to uh, let Gareth talk you through. Yeah. So talk um, you through the crack. Uh, we got a, a lovely prize to give away this week. Um, it's a book by Michael Water called "Up There: The Northeast Football Boom and Bust." Um, so courtesy of a love supreme. Yeah, courtesy of Martin. He gave us the book to give away, which is uh, nice of him. He's probably already got a copy himself or something like that. I imagine that's probably why he's passed it on. Oh, he's just being generous for, he uh, might for be the listeners. Being generous, I, that could be one of the reasons <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, we had a, we've got a Facebook page now. I don't know if we've done a podcast since we launched a Facebook Possibly page. Possibly not. We might not have because no. of the international we, we, break. We just let Craig get on with it. Yeah, Craig <laughs> does a Facebook. So if you go, you can go obviously to the website as well, wisemensay.co.uk, and there's a link to it on there, I think, probably. But if not, just search <laughs> for us on Facebook, Wisemensay Podcasts, and you can get involved with all of the stuff there as well. So we had a few answers on Facebook. Um, there was a lot of um, just get his last a job in Primark type <laughs> tweets. Yeah, I get mean, to the I question first. Remind. Oh yeah, the, the question. question. Yeah, that's a good point, Stephen. <laughs> well, well done there. What what was the question? Let me find it on here, and I'll it's tell just you. Just con- considering that. that yeah, here we go. Yeah. Considering tweeting Breeny's last didn't work. What else could we have done to persuade him to sign? <laughs> um, so yeah, so one the, the lot of jobs in Primark thing, which you know, out of, again, uh, even in context, is you know silly. So I'm not going to read any of them out. Uh, Grant Robson in True Godfather style, he left a horse left a horse's head in his bed. He didn't use the word head, did he? He said napper. Yeah. Would have been an offer he couldn't refuse. Um, You're what, listening, Chris and Tom, because yeah. we need a winner. Uh, Neil uh, at the White Cafu on Twitter. Um, Bank holiday, you've taken Fabio Brini to Diggerland, followed by a lovely lamb lunch in the centre of Durham. That gets extra points because it's an Alan Partridge reference. Um, Richard James Purden, he could have offered his last a job at the Beach House, and because uh, the short on waiting staff now, Dikiti has left. Um, Kia said um, we could have got my nan in it, another atrocious jumper to add to his collection. He'd appreciate it. It was the Canio with the bad jumpers, wasn't it? I don't recall Barini ever being in a pool. It was like jumper. a tracksuit top, this loud tracksuit top thing. Yeah, that's what they all got. Them on. Let's yeah. have a look on the uh, the other Twitter thing and find them because some people swooped in with late entries. You got to get in sooner, but I'll allow it this week because we're short <laughs> on quality. We're short, well, we're yeah. short on quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, yeah. Um, Millie Molly Mandy, who runs a, a lovely Chinese takeaway, said um, should feed him uh, some. F- should feed him basically. Food is the way to a man's heart, and it is very nice there. So um, can I give it a shout? Chinese it's Kitchen, get yourself there, Stanton Road. Um, so I'm expecting something quid. extra, <laughs> extra next time I, I go up there. <laughs> um, gain more Primark based answers. <laughs> Jackie White's Market based answers Greg's likely card in a trolley dash around Jackie White's Market that was from Tom Guntrip um, David Parker suggests bringing in the A-team I, I don't know if that would have worked uh, Kieran Thompson um, sing you'll never walk alone before kickoff instead of wise men saying hopefully you won't spot the difference Lawmaster 77 appropriately named considering the answer stalk him that's just yeah fair enough um, and I think that's probably it Need to do better. There was yeah. one serious Scrape one, barrel, mind, but yeah. I won't. I, I won't. Um, he's won Erectors Wembley goal and goals against Mags and Bronze around the ground after <laughs> naming the South Stand the Barini. That's not a bad one, and that's it really. So I, has anyone got any favourites from that selection? Horses yeah. Head was pretty Just good. Just the Italian link yeah. and everything. Yeah. I know, oh, he sh- yeah. I know he shopped in Waitrose, so I don't think he'd be, a, he'd be attracted did to Jackie Whitesmart. Did he shop in Waitrose, did he? <laughs> they're the getting the, Newcastle as well. Uh, they're getting um, Yeah, they're. Yeah. Well, the Newcastle thing. They're getting the uh, Waitrose and Jackie White. Did you not Did you not hear about that? <laughs> no, I am no. joking, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. wasn't good. It wasn't a good one, was yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> People genuinely thought there was going to be a weight rose well, and Jackie White. obviously smart. wasn't very good, yeah. Gareth, was it? Yeah. No, it was, I thought it was obviously very good because it was uh, it was believed for a brief moment, I thought, there. But yeah, let's give it to him. Then I would have gone with Neil because of the Partridge reference. because um, you love Partridge. Well, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, so yeah, Grant Robson on Facebook. First ever winner of a question of the week from Facebook. See, it's worth, it's worth getting on there. You can win things. Um, so there you go Grant Robson will be in touch with you and get your details you've won the book well done okay cool right this was Wiseman Say Podcast in association with A Love Supreme don't forget Into the Light Show with Sun FM on Thursday where we'll be talking about who we're playing Burnley we'll be talking about Burnley <laughs> in a lot more detail uh, this week I'd like to thank my guests for coming on Tom Lane thank you. Chris Young cheers and thanks to Sun FM for the audio from Gus and thanks for listening over and out Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.